Hey, look, speaking of that, I know the Lord is speaking to hearts today. I sense the Spirit of God is really dealing with some hearts. Maybe some feel are under conviction. I really sense. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're here today. And let me just ask you this, by the way, of introduction. Today is our homecoming, and I want to do something a little different. We're taking a little detour from our study in the book of Revelation. And yet, I think the Lord is going to encourage us. I want to share with you a message entitled, Gone But Not Forgotten. Gone But Not Forgotten. And how many want to leave a lasting legacy? Let me see your hand. How many want to be remembered when you're gone? And the question is, how are you going to be remembered when you're gone? Y'all listen, I wish I didn't have to say this, but honestly, this time next year, some of us won't be here. It happens every year. This time next year, some of us will not be here. In fact, today, we're going to take a little journey down memory lane of those who've gone on to be with the Lord over the last year. And so, I want to invite you to uh, wander with me as you got a copy of the Word of God. Turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 116. Psalm, chapter 116. Gone but not forgotten. I had planned to preach another message, but the Lord led me to this passage uh, this week. And uh, in the book of Psalm, chapter 116, find the passage there, please. And we're going to consider three ways that you and I can be assured that when we're gone, we'll not be forgotten. Thank you for being here, Brother John, vital part of the radio ministry, and our other men, Brother Bud and Brother Kenneth and We'll talk about that in just a little while, what the Lord is doing through until that day radio ministry and making a difference to Him be glory. Gone but not forgotten. Three ways, and we're going to briefly summarize and to get up to the verse that I want to share with you. And as we reminisce and praise the Lord for those that have gone on before us. Now, by the way of introduction, you might find it interesting to note that this particular psalm is called a love song. And in addition, the word Jehovah, Yahweh, is used 15 times, which means self-existing God in the phrase. The psalmist, who many believe was David, others said it was Hezekiah, and there's a third opinion that this was a post-exilic writer. In other words, after they had been in exile, the writer wrote, I personally lean toward probably Hezekiah. Anyway, he uses personal pronouns 37 times in this particular chapter. He's not focused on himself, but it's uh, in regards to the testimony. Now, here's where we're going to the text today. How to make a difference and gone yet not forgotten. Number one, find it and stand with me, please, as we read the wonderful Word of God. Psalm 16, I want to begin reading, and we're going to primarily focus Briefly this morning, I'm going to share something that's a little different than our normal, typical Sunday morning. The Lord has led uh, in this direction. We'll primarily focus on verse 3, verse 8, and verse 15. But let's begin in verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. I love the Lord. How many of y'all love the Lord? Amen. Because He first loved us. I love the Lord. I'm not ashamed of Him. I love the Lord said the psalmist, because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call unto or upon him as long as I live. 
Notice verse 3, underline it. The sorrows of death compass me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found and sorrow. In other words, the psalmist is going through a terrible time, and he's right in regards to the reality of fearing death. And then we'll see in a moment, he's fighting death, and finally he's fighting the death. Notice verse 4. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. For the Lord preserveth the simple, I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. Look at verse 8, please. For thou hast delivered my soul from where? Death. And so, keep reading. Mine eyes from tears, my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. I love verse 12, underlined it. Boy, if you don't get anything else from the message today, you'll be blessed by this. I love this. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? Hey, God's been good to us, hasn't he? Yes, he has. And then notice, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people, please underline verse 15. Here's uh, our text today. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Let's say that together. You ready? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. One more time. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise you the Lord. Father, thank you now again. You know, God, I pray you prepare us mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally, in every other way. Lord, as we Trust your Holy Spirit to prepare us for whatever time we've got allotted here on earth. Lord, our days are not, and we're not a promised or assured of even tomorrow. And so, God, I pray now, somehow, some way, evaluate us. Help us to take spiritual inventory where we're at and where you want to take us. And then give us that grace to come under your will, your way, and your word. Lord, have your will and way now. And bless those uh, of us who've had loved ones who've uh, been promoted into glory. And I pray in the meanwhile, Father, whatever again, your purpose and plan for us, we want to get in step and in tune and in touch with you. So, Oh, God, we look to you now and trust you now. Accomplish your will in this worship time together. Keep us from distractions. Keep us from enemies uh, stealing the seed away from us, dear God. Zero in on us. Help us to cooperate. And help us, Lord, we pray, to glorify you. 
Thank you for victory. Thank you for the blood, the singing, the praising. And yet now our God speak to our hearts and change us. And we thank you and praise you. We'll see you one day when we get to the other side. But until then, we want to run the race. We want to keep the faith. We want to difference. Although we'll be gone like our loved ones, but not forgotten. Thank you, Jesus, for blazing the trail. We love you now and give you praise because you're worthy of it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You're Here's where we're going in the message today. And I just want to be very brief with you and talk about, number one, the fear of death. Note this about fear, F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. Write that down. Fear. False evidence appearing real. I love this. I ran across this this week. Do you know what somebody said? Fear is what if. Fear is what if. Some of you here today, you're asking that question. What if I'm sick? What if I can't pay my bills? What if so-and-so passes away? What if? Fear asks the question, what if? But I love what faith asks. You know what faith asks? Even if. Not what if, but even if. Even if I do get sick. Even if I do pass away. Even if a loved one is taken. Not what if, but even if. I love the Hebrew boys. They said, even if our God doesn't deliver us, we're still bow down to your idol. There's a difference in fear. What if? And some of you are right there today. You've been living in fear. I love you. You've been living in fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. You need, to face your, you need to fight your fear. You need to forget your fear. Stand up and say, get behind me, Satan. Jesus, fear has no place in a child of God. Fear thou not. And many people today are under anxiety and worry, and, and God said that, that we can cast our care on him. Fear says, what if? What if? But faith said, even if, even if, had you crossed that bridge today, even if, even if our God doesn't give me the job, I'm still going to praise him. Even if the doctors do come out and tell me that I got a bad report, I'm still going to bless the Lord. I mean, even if I lose my job or even if something happens that I can't control, I'm going to praise the Lord. Will you, church family, with me today, purpose in your heart to say, even if I'm going to still go on with God? Have you decided that? I said, have you decided that? How many of y'all decided that? I'm going on with God no matter what. I see a lot of God's people get knocked out of the battle. I see a lot of God's people when something comes up, a trouble or trial, and we were talking about the needs, Brother Allen, with your daughter. We prayed for her last night, the things she's going through, and, and uh, others, uh, Nathaniel, we prayed for him. Remember, Brother uh, uh, Scott and Chris fixing to get married. Come on, somebody say Amen. And Jason's mom has just gone through a time of testing. But hallelujah, the test came back good. Come on. Hey, not what if, but even if, even if. Boy, that's a fate builder. It's a fate builder. Watch. So the psalmist is fearing death. Verse 3, he says, notice, he says, The sorrows of death compass me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. And... Uh, 
he was facing the fear of death. Hey, look, y'all listen now. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be like when we cross over, and none of you do as well. I talked with one man, I'll never forget, speaking of Huddle House. We were talking about going out to eat last night. I met him over at the Huddle House in Jackson, Georgia. And uh, this man was a dedicated Christian. You remember who he was, Clarence, or Delane, rather, Deanna. He said this to me. He was up in age. He said, Preacher, I want you to preach my funeral. And he said, I'll be honest with you, I'm not afraid of dying. But then he held up his finger like this and he said, But there is a little bit of concern because I'm not really sure what it's going to be like when I cross over. How many know what he's talking about? I said, how many know what he's talking about? I said, we don't have to live in fear. And the enemy is trying to cause us to be afraid of even that time. Wait a minute. Y'all aren't getting it. <laughs> hey, look, fear of death. And then secondly, notice, we move from the fear of death. I believe this is a reference to Hezekiah. Let me take you back to Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah, by the way, Josh, guess how old he is. You know how old Hezekiah is when he gets this news? Your age, 39 years old. You know how long he lived after 39 years old? Josh will be 40 in October. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, to be 40. Somebody say amen. Anyway, he lived 15 more years. He passed away at the age of 54 years old. Hezekiah was sick unto death, William. And Isaiah the prophet came to him and said, You are going to die. Get your house in order. How many know we ought to get our house in order? Preaching to somebody that by way of live stream, you've been running from death, you don't want to think about it, you don't want to plan it, and maybe some people here right now, the last thing we want to do is to talk about this thing because we think the more we deny it and suppress it, that it's not going to happen. It is going to happen. I think it's a good thing to get our house in order. Yeah, go ahead and face it and don't have to run from it. And Isaiah said to Hezekiah, you're going to die. And what was the problem? The problem was he had balls. Some say carbuncles. Some say it was a tumor. Others say it was leprosy. I don't know exactly what it was. But I know this. He was about to die. Y'all listen. Don't miss this. If you knew you were going to die in six months, what would you do different? About it. If you knew you had six months to live, what would you do different? I got a feeling some of us would start reading our Bible a little bit more. I got a feeling some of us would start praying a little bit more. I got a feeling some of us would start being concerned with our family a little bit more. If you knew you had six months to live, yes, we're not promised of tomorrow. It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I'd rather not preach a message like this. I'd rather jump up and shout about something. But hey, listen, if you've been by the bedside of so many people that I've had the privilege to through the years, held and as they went out and turned to Brother Walter and watch him take their last breath and see them cross over, I'll tell you, you will never be the same seeing a loved one who dies in the Lord. Amen and amen and amen. So tell me, are you afraid of dying? If I wasn't a Christian saved, I would not want to die and go out in eternity without God and face 
the great white throne judgment to hear God say, Depart from me, I never knew you, and be cast in the lake of fire. Whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Maybe there's somebody you are listening that you don't know that you know that you know. You say, well, maybe like, uh, I don't know, I don't think anybody in the group has shared this, but I know I was a lost church member at the age of 13 years old, baptized, but really not born again. Hey, look, make sure today that you're right with God. I'm pleading with you. I don't know how to plead with you anymore. The fear of death. Second notice here, the fighting death. The, the, the psalmist Hezekiah was said, you can die, get your house in order. You know what he did? He turned his face to God. He began to cry, literally cry. The Hebrew word means to burst forth with penitential tears. He began to be brokenhearted. If you knew you were going to die, wouldn't it get your attention? Hey, by the way, young people die too. I preach uh, for generals of babies, teenagers, young adults, older adults. I'll never forget, Nancy Etheridge sat right over here. She was perfectly fine at the age of 30 years old and nothing wrong with her at all until one day she opened her refrigerator. How many of y'all remember Nancy? She just came to mind. She opened the refrigerator and dropped the mayonnaise. She tried to get, grab it with her hand. She knew something was wrong. She didn't know what it was. She came to church every Sunday and come to find out she had a brain tumor. Y'all remember that? And next thing you know, she ends up in the hospital. And the next thing you know, she goes through all this chemo. And the next thing you know, I'm standing there as her casket's here and preaching uh, the fact that she was saved. I'm telling you this, we got to get our house in order. Fear of death, but fighting death. Again, look at verse 8, and I want to get down to verse 15. Look at verse 8. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. What happened to Hezekiah? Do you remember? He cried up to God. You know what God did? The Lord extended his life 15 years, as I've already mentioned. How did he know it would be extended? How did he know? How y'all, by the way, how many believe that God's still in the healing business? By the way, I got a text, two text messages yesterday. One while we were here. Your beloved uh, associate pastor, Brother uh, Allen, uh, Brian Anderson. Y'all remember Brian? Brian's mom. He sent me a text yesterday and said, pray for her. She was in the assisted living home, I believe, and anyway, contracted this COVID-19. Now she's on her way. She's at the hospital right now. Brian said, pray for her. Her oxygen level dropped. All I'm saying is reality. I can't think of a time, beloved. I really can't. Can you? I, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe it's just me. I can't think of a time when I've seen so many people pass away. Can y'all think of a time? I've asked you that before, and y'all look at me like a deer in the headlights. You're saying, I don't, I, really? I can't think of a time when I've seen so many people pass away, young people. And by the way, whether the, whether the numbers are inflated or not, by this morning, 100, 153,000 people have died in the United States according to the statistics of the CDC. Now, whether they're inflated or not, you be the judge. All I'm saying is this, life is but a vapor. And so fearing death and fighting death and Hezekiah's Life was extended. You know how God proved it to him? You remember? What did he do? He set that sundial back, not forward, but back, backwards, 10 degrees. And God caused the sun to stand still. That leads us to our, our point uh, number three about not only fearing death and fighting death, but notice, and here's really what I want to get to, faithful unto death. Don't you want to be faithful until your time comes? 
Oh, yes. Look at verse 15. I love this text. May God speak to your heart through it. Look at this, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What we're fixing to do in a moment. I'm going to ask you to buckle up your seatbelt. Those listening by way of live stream, those that are here, it's going to touch your heart. We're going to travel down memory lane in just a moment. And if it doesn't touch your heart, something's wrong. Precious. Yakar is the word for precious. Yakar. Yakar. Precious. Yakar. The word yakar means valuable. It means costly. It means rare. It means splendid. Costly. Valuable. In the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know that word saints means in the Hebrew? It means faithful. What? Precious, valuable, costly. In the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful. That's what it means. I got to reading that. I thought I've, I've had a hard time understanding that verse because we don't like to die. We're born to die. Uh, one moment we're born, and we don't like to face death. We don't like to talk about death. But God looks at death differently than we do. Precious, valuable, costly. Oh, yes. Splendid in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful. I got to thinking about how could the Lord say that to the psalmist? What did he mean? How can it be precious? Number one. Because they don't have to put up with this sin-cursed world anymore. Think about it. That's not going to be too bad. And not only that, but they've got a place, as you mentioned earlier, whose builder and maker is God. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Hey, look, precious in the sight of the Lord, valuable in the sight of the Lord. Our time is over. We've only got a small window of time. Somebody said, we come in this world naked and nasty, and if we live long enough, we're going to go out naked and nasty. That's about the size of it. And we come in. Somebody said we, uh, we go from diapers to depends. I mean, that, that, if there's a big gap there. If you notice, I was in the cemetery not long ago, and I saw a day that one, matter of fact, it was my granddad when he was born. I saw a dash, and I saw the day he went to be with the Lord. And in between that was his life. In between that is your life and my life. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful. Oh, yes. Hezekiah's life extended. Now for a moment, would you travel with me down memory lane? I want to share with you. If I get a little emotional, please bear with me, okay? If I get a little emotional, please bear with me. But we're going to travel down memory lane, Brother Eddie and Marcia. I want you to see our beloved church family, friends who've gone on to be with the Lord. First, y'all recognize this gentleman? How many of y'all miss Brother Chalton? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Brother Chalton and I were close, Eddie and Marcia. Brother Charlton, we spent some time together, a good bit of time. 
Brother Talton told me when he was a baby, like Alice just carried uh, Mila, Jane, out in the hall, a precious baby. When Chalton, Brother Chalton was her age, a school bus, they were riding on a school bus. He's sitting in the back of the school bus, and a vehicle runs right into them. Keep in mind, this was in the 30s. Brother Chalton was 86 years young when the Lord took him home. August, less than a year ago. I said less than a year ago. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the saints. And his mama was killed in that experience as she held him in that school bus. She sheltered him. She uh, covered him, and her life was snuffed out. No wonder Brother Chalton had difficulty. Every Mother's Day, he said, Brother Randy, it's hard for me on Mother's Day. I said, understand, Brother Chalton, gone but not forgotten. Gone but not forgotten. He later moved in with his grandparents over on Marvin Farm over what we call now Charlie Elliott. We rode right past it on Highway 11. I don't know if you remember that or not. And his Paul Jordan and Ma Jordan raised him. He was raised on a farm. They taught him how to go to bed with the night owls and get up with the roosters in the morning. They taught him how to plow with a mule. In fact, Brother Chalton told me this. He said an old mule was awful backwards about going forward. And if you've ever plowed with a mule, you know what they're talking about. The younger generation may not understand that. But anyway, he told me this. As we rode over in his home place, you could tell he was traveling down memory lane as he was riding, and I was a passenger, and we were talking about gone but not forgotten. By the way, you see that dog right there? Is that Molly or is that Mama or is that Hoss? Mama. Them dogs, love, he called them his grand dogs. Not grandchildren, grand dogs. Anyway, we went over there, and he would say, see this hill right here? He said, we'd ride that wagon. Hit, hits with mules now. No, I'm not talking about a vehicle. I'm not talking about a truck or a car. He said, we'd ride that mule and that wagon, and, and uh, we'd pile it up with corn, and we'd pile it up with cotton, and, and it was an all-day deal to go from Marvin Farm over to Mansfield to get the money for it. He said, at times, we'd have to get out and put uh, brakes on that wagon because it overrun our mules. Oh, yes, reminiscing, reminiscing. Brother Charlton later, as he grew, he went to work at Sears and Roebuck there in Macon, Georgia. He worked for them 41 years, if I'm not mistaken, driving all, every day back and forth to Macon. And uh, he met a young lady, as you know, Lois, uh, Sister Lois uh, <laughs> Jones, I was thinking of Fleeta for a moment there. And uh, my, I was talking with somebody this week about what, what a precious couple they were. And it was your mom, Brother Josh. Me and Sister Gail were talking and how she used to go and visit them and how she loved Brother Chalton and Sister Lois. Hey, many of you may not know this, and I don't think Brother Chalton reminded me of saying this. He laughed at this. I laughed at this. Brother Chalton, he loved guns. He was a hunter. And uh, he had a pistol one time, and so he was going to do quick draw my draw, you know, like this. But guess what happened? He pulled the gun out and it shot him in the leg. <laughs> and the bullet remained in his leg, right? The bullet, he never got the bullet out of his leg. We laughed about that, of course. Brother Chalton, he had a laugh that you wouldn't forget, amen. And so the Lord blessed him, and I want to say thank you publicly to Eddie and Marcia for taking care of their daddy. I need somebody to help me there. 
oh, it's easy just, and I'm not saying in some circumstances not you don't have to do what you have to do, but thank God you look back on it. May, a year ago, he fell and broke his leg, and little did anybody know that he had ended up in the hospital, and I went up to Atlanta Medical Center, and later he was transferred over in Social Circle, and then finally he made his way back to his home where he really wanted to be in a hospital bed. He never got out of that hospital bed from May to June to July. And then God was preparing him. Me and him talked about it. Gone, but not forgotten. Gone, but not forgotten. Oh, yes, I'm talking about memories today. I'm talking about those who left an impact on us. Next, the same day we had Brother Charlton's homegoing service, we had Jesse Andrews the very same day. In fact, it was August the 17th. 2019, a Saturday, and Jesse Andrews, this young man right here, I mentioned to you about young people passing away as well. I'll never forget, Jesse came to church, and I remember him as a 12-year-old young teenager, and God had us to preach the gospel. How many believe the gospel is still the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek? And Jesse, he stepped out and God stepped in. He said, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Jesus, forgive me like you were talking about. Uh, my brother, Scott, and God saved him. Listen to me now. Had the privilege of baptizing Jesse shortly after he had been gloriously converted. And little did anybody know. Now, I'm not sure exactly the age, Brother John, in my notes. I had he was 24 when he passed away, but I was thinking he was 27. Do you know which? 24, I thought so. Now listen, 12 years to 24 is what? It's only about 12 years later. Hello. There might be somebody sitting in our midst today that might uh, go out in eternity. You never know, but watch. I'm so glad. Hallelujah. And I shared it at his homegoing service. Gone, but not forgotten. And Sandy's listening, his mom she probably couldn't handle it coming. John, bless her heart. We need to continue to pray for Sandy. Gone but not forgotten. I'm glad to tell you today that when he was in the terrible motorcycle wreck over on Jackson Lake Road, John, you sent me a text message in the wee hours, 12 o'clock or somewhere thereabouts, a little over a year ago. Well, not quite a year ago. And, uh, and yet, aren't you glad that Jesse got things right with God before he went out in eternity? Hallelujah gone but not forgotten precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints yes valuable in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful his children next brother Ken I know this brings back memories to you and Kathy and Garrett your dear grandmother uh, a little over a year ago sister Cora 86 years young. I think she was 86, wasn't she, Brother Ken? 86 years young. She came to church this Sunday. And I'll never forget, less than a year ago, less than a year ago, she was leaving and walking in the hall. And I said, Sister Cora, how you doing today? She said, well, I'm doing good. And she said, I'm doing fine, just uh, making it. And I said, God bless you. Glad you came this morning. And little did anybody know that... Uh, a few days later, she'd have a stroke in all indication and end up at Grady Hospital. Not one week, it was two weeks, wasn't it, Brother Ken? And later, they moved her to hospice care, Abbey Hospice, in Social Circle. 
But I'm glad, thank God, Sister Cora was a quiet lady, but you knew she was here and she was a blessing to me. Gone, but not forgotten. Gone, but not forgotten. I want to tell this. I hope Sister Cora wouldn't mind, Brother Garrett. You remember Brother Ken and when we gathered around at the hospital and, and she was running her race. She was on a ventilator and had to make that tough decision. And I asked the family then, I said, Garrett, tell me some good memories about your grandma. I'm in. And he said, man, there was no grandma like grandma. Then he said, we were laughing about things and lighthearted discussion. He said, but I tell you what about my grandmother, about 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, he said, you could forget going swimming over there. She had them shows on. <laughs> you said that. You remember that? And I laughed and we laughed and had a good time. Gone, but not forgotten. Gone, but not forgotten. You never know. You never know. Yes, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Brother Walter, no, this is difficult. We were at your pa. We were at Pop's house. Let me tell you about Pop's just for a moment. I had the privilege of being there with Brother Walter and his family, his dear mother, Jean. And I don't know if she's listening or not, but God bless her for uh, taking care of Pop's and Kathy and you being there and and the day as he was running his race, getting ready to the finish line, I'll never forget, Brother Walter, what you said to him. You knelt down, and I was standing behind you. You said, Pop, it's all right to go. Pop, you let go, Pop. You're almost there, something along those lines, and we'll see you on the other side. Pop, we love you. Let me tell you about Pop. Pops, I'll tell you what, we're in a building right now. Had it not have been for Pops, Brother Gary, uh, we probably wouldn't have got in this building. And Pops, I can remember, Brother Walter and you men, Brother Kenneth, remember standing right over here, and there was a scaffold right here, and we were working the drills and putting up the metal studs, and Pop was a master builder. He was a, uh, he was a uh, architect, and not only that, but he was a hands-on. In fact, I remember we building uh, that uh, in the kitchen area. If you go back to the kitchen area, that attic up there, he designed just about that whole, you remember that? The whole thing, Brother Gary. He and Brother Clarence Hall, we owe a great debt of thanksgiving to some of these men. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Gone but not forgotten. And I had the privilege of uh, sharing at Pop's uh, homegoing service. I can't help but to reminisce for a moment. I asked uh, your mom, Brother Walter, Miss Raven, Miss Jean, I said, uh, what are some good memories about uh, Mr. Raven? And uh, she said, I'll never forget. And I, many of you know Wyatt, his little grandson at the time. And of course, we've known Wyatt since he was knee-high to the grasshopper. He was just a totter in diapers. In fact, we kept him, Deanna, at our house. You remember, I, she said, Miss Raven, Miss Jean said, one time, uh, Mr. Raven Pops was sleeping or uh, had his eyes closed on the couch. And you know, grandparents like to give uh, gifts to their grandchildren. Yeah, yeah, leaving a lasting legacy, gone but not forgotten. He had his eyes closed, and Wyatt, a little toddler at the time, crowned, climbed up in his lap. Climbed up in his lap. He had his eyes closed, uh, Pops, and Wyatt said, with a gun, act like he had a gun, he said, Give me your money. Give me your money. Give me your money, said Wyatt. 
Pops didn't even open his eyes. He said, I ain't got no money. <laughs> I ain't got no money. Oh, yes, good memories, gone but not forgotten. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Thank God for memory lane. And this dear lady, Ethel Young, how many of y'all remember Ethel? Sweet Christian lady, just soft-spoken. And you wouldn't even know she was there. I mean, she was just a petite young little lady that was so precious. I mean, she just had a sweet spirit about her. And I'm doing this, by the way, in chronological order. Sister Cora's home going was in October the 2nd, 2019. Brother Walter's dad was October the 18th, 2019. And this dear precious Ethel, the Lord took her home. And she couldn't come to church for the last year or so. And you dear ladies, Eddie and others, reached out to her. Gone but not forgotten. I'm telling you this. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Many of you may not know this dear lady right here. It's David Bella's mom, Margie Bella. And had the privilege of, yes, you do know her, Melissa. Excuse me. Andrew, you know her. And uh, we were there with them at the hospital, you remember, just prior to her going home. She fell out of her wheelchair, broke her hip. She was in assisted living, if I'm not mistaken. Fell out of her wheelchair and broke her hip and, and never really fully recovered. And God took her home, precious in the sight of the Lord. It's the death of his saints. She was a Sunday school teacher. Y'all get this, in the Methodist church. <laughs> How many years? A, a number of years. Now, here's the point. She handed down a lasting legacy. Brother David is a Sunday school teacher, and now he's one of our beloved deacons. Here's a lasting legacy gone, but not forgotten. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're traveling down memory lane, all of this. And there's more that uh, you may not know about, people that I was been involved in. Wayne Allen, uh, Diane, your brother, you sent me the text message. Wayne had collapsed, and they took him, rushed him up there to uh, Newton County Hospital. We ran over there. It was on a Sunday afternoon, and Deanna and I met the family there. As they brought him in, he passed away. Wayne and you, you men knew him really well. I'll never forget talking with Wayne, not once, not twice, numerous times, standing right outside in the cemetery. I'll never forget when your dear mom went to be the Lord Lorraine. I've shared it so many times, I, I can't forget it. Lorraine, her beloved mom and his beloved mom, told me this. She said, Pastor, when my time comes, I want God to take me in my sleep. We were standing under one of her trees in the front yard, and I'll never forget what I said. I said, but Sister Lorraine, we don't always have that option. She said, well, I'm going to pray that it'll be the case. And I said, well, I'll pray with you. Well, guess what happened? It was just July, wasn't it, 2016, if I'm not mistaken. She went to bed on Friday night in her house. She woke up Saturday morning in heaven in her sleep. God took her in her sleep. Hallelujah. And as we had her home-going service, Wayne and I stood out there at the cemetery, and I said, Wayne, just like I'm saying to you, I say, Wayne, are you ready to meet God? Have you made peace with God? Have you ever trusted the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? There's none other name under heaven. Give it among men whereby we must be saved. Have you asked Jesus to save you? Have you done it? By grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
And so we talked about it, and he told me about growing up in the church years and years ago, the old sanctuary. And some of you may remember it. Some of us may not remember that long ago. But Wayne was a tough man, wasn't he, Brother Kenneth? You said, man, he was, in fact, some of our men said this. I was with him at the hospital when he turned 65. He was at the Emory Hospital, and he was having surgery. I don't know if you remember that or not. He was having surgery. Uh, anyway, uh, he uh, had some health issues. One of our men in jest said, man, I don't know how they found a knife sharp enough to cut him so tough. I mean, that man was tough, buddy. He was tough. But gone, but not forgotten. Gone, but not forgotten. And I'll tell you what, that leads us to this young man right here, Andrew Jabara. And his mom's listening right now, and his family's listening. I don't know how many sisters he's got, but they're listening right now. They told us they'd be tuning in, that, and they appreciated uh, what God did in Andrew's life. And I've said it before, but in case you didn't remember, Andrew, gone but not forgotten, 36 years old. I said 36 years old. Just a few months ago, Garrett, if I'm not mistaken, it was around in either April, the last part of April, he called you by telephone. April, a few months ago. I didn't know Andrew. Nobody knew Andrew uh, just prior to that. He called Garrett and said, Garrett, what time are y'all having church on Sunday morning? <clears throat> and Garrett told him, yes, we're going to start back March, the first Sunday in March, and we're going to have the 9 o'clock service, 11 o'clock service. And he said, and uh, his mom can verify, Andrew had been listening to the radio broadcast, Brother John, this is a young man that I texted you about, and Bud and Kenneth and church family. God's doing the work. To him be glory. A lot of times we don't uh, see uh, what the Lord's doing, but I know this. When we sow, God is sure to reap the harvest. Hallelujah. This young man was watching, and he then went to our live stream video, what we're doing right now. Is God using that? Katie worked tirelessly to get all this stuff set up. We didn't even have a camera recorder, nothing, zero, in March. And uh, we just, pulled, God pulled it together. And we wondered and we prayed, oh, God, use this as a vehicle to get the good news out. And the Lord did it, and Andrew watched. And guess what? First Sunday we had church, he showed up. He and his mom, his mom's name's Cynthia. God bless you, Cynthia. We're praying for you. Our heart goes out to you. I really mean that. Andrew sat in the back. He came week after week after week after week. He was hungry for the Word of God. I said to him the uh, last time I saw him just a few weeks ago, just a few weeks ago in the uh, <clears throat> month of uh, June, just a few weeks ago, I said, Andrew, how can I pray for you? He said, pray for me a job. And I said, Andrew, you're saved. You know you're saved. I had a chance to talk with him as we dismissed. He said, yes. His mom verified that God used the radio ministry in the live stream in New Rocky Creek Church. And I believe this, beloved, Katie was telling me this yesterday, I believe it was, the Lord was preparing him as we were preaching through the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. You never know what God's up to. You never know what God's got ahead. Gone, but not forgotten. Gone. He was tragically killed in a freak accident. I got the message, and needless to say, my heart sank. 36 years old, just a few weeks ago. Gone, but not forgotten. And then, this dear lady, many of you know her. What a blessing she was to us, Twyla Kaiser. I remember talking with Twyla Numerous times we would be at the hospital, Diane up at uh, Northside Hospital. 
When your mom had surgery, even she had surgery, you remember, her and Scott. And I don't know if Scott's listening, but Lori, we're praying for the family, the precious family, and our heart goes out to them. Here at the church on Saturday night, preparing for Sunday just a few weeks ago, the last of June. In fact, June the 30th is when we had our homegoing service. June the 30th, just a few weeks ago, I was here at the church. And it was Saturday night, 9 o'clock, 9.15, got a telephone call, Twyla has had a heart attack, and Twyla's not doing good. They rushed her to the hospital, and we're not sure she's going to make it. And I, called, I sent messages to Scott and told him we were praying for him, and, and the Lord uh, took him. I'll tell you all this. Listen, I shared this at her home-going service. Twyla Kaiser had a heart this big. I said her heart was this big. I said it was bigger than this. And I'm convinced. Nobody ever convinced me, con convinced me differently. I believe her heart was so big, she just couldn't handle it anymore. She had a heart. You know, you know what I'm saying? No, you don't know what I'm saying. We'd have a need. Some of our men know what I'm talking about, Brother Ralph. We'd have a need here at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. It might be some kind of resourceful need. And lo and behold, here comes Twyla. Twyla had a heart for ministry and the church, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. And I'm going to go on the record. I know you're not supposed to say a whole lot of this stuff. But Twyla gave and gave and gave and gave and gave. Oh, bless the Lord. She was reminding me of the lady in the book of Acts chapter 9. Remember the lady named Dorcas. Their uh, name means gazelle. It's chapter 9, verse 36 following. She was full of good works. And the Bible says she died. And yet she was resurrected from the dead. All the widows had their clothing that this dear lady had made for them. And I want to say, Twyla, thank God. Come on, church family, help me out. She was full of good works. And she loved New Rocky Creek. I'm telling you, I don't understand. Y'all listen to me, I don't understand. Gone but not forgotten. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord. Say it with me. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. One more time. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And last but not least, my dear dad. My dear dad was here just a few months ago and uh, had no idea that the Lord would take him to heaven. And yet, uh, I miss him every day. I know I'm going to see him again. Hallelujah. We had his home going, and if my family's watching, and they usually do tune in and support the church, Kathy, God bless you, 28 years of being a faithful wife to my dad and being there with him in the hospital, and then my brothers and sisters, six of them, Debbie and Cindy and Jean and Robert and Christy, and uh, my dad, gone but not forgotten, gone. I could, I could spend the rest of the afternoon talking about my dad and his influence and how I love my dad. Oh, praise the Lord. He's with Jesus. Yes, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss not seeing him. I'm going to miss not talking to him. He was a, 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 a Sunday school teacher and, and just a great dad. I shared at his homegoing service. He asked me to preach his homegoing service. Can you imagine? Oh, what a privilege. I shared this text, Psalm chapter 17 and verse 6. The glory of children are their fathers. The glory of children are their fathers. Listen to me, y'all listen to me. Body, you today that needs healing with your relationship with your dad. And today God's wanting to do some healing in your life with your dad right today. Maybe you're at odds. Maybe you don't uh, spend time or see him or whatever. Today, 
God's going to do some healing. Or maybe it might not just be your dad. It might be your family member. It might be a son or daughter. You know deep down in your heart. Or it might be a neighbor or somebody else. Gone but not forgotten. My dad gave me this, and I'm about to close here. My dad gave me this Bible. The Lord saved me in 1982. To him be glory. Hallelujah. This is a Rowry Study Bible. 1982, the Lord changed my heart. I've never been the same. Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He really has been. He gave me this. He got right with the Lord in the 80s, the early 80s afterwards, and the Lord saved him. By the way, reading Romans 6, 7, and 8. 6, 7, and 8. God showed up and showed out. <laughs> Woo, glory. And he gave me this Bible. Well, you can see the Bible. The cover's worn off. The pages are torn. It's falling apart. And somebody said it this way. They said, if your Bible's falling apart, that might mean your life's not falling apart. <laughs> All right? But wait a minute. I got something else I got to tell you, and I'll be done. We were going through his belongings. How I many know that's challenging? Going through his belongings. And uh, I ran across this, ran across this Bible. It's my granddad's Bible. It's got a lot of notes in it. My dad gave my granddad, we called him Poppy, had the privilege of preaching his funeral, and sharing with him Jesus and leading him to the Lord on his deathbed. Hallelujah. All my grandparents, my dad, my mom, preaching their funeral. Has God been good to you? I said, has God been good to you? May God help us. God help us right now. Gone. But not forgotten. How do you want to be remembered when you're gone? I'll tell you this, and I'm done. If you want to leave a lasting legacy, be gone but not forgotten. Then, number one, you ready? Follow the will of God. Follow the will of God. Two, believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. Three, be led by the Spirit of God. Be led by the Spirit of God. Four, be faithful to the plan of God. Then, though we'll be gone, if Jesus tells we won't be forgotten. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Right now, if you're not assured of heaven, get that nail down, would you? Really from your heart, trusted in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, not religion, but relationship, his shed blood. Receive him right now. Turn from your sin. 
turn and trust where God put our sins on Jesus, who paid our penalty in full, rose from the grave, and promised to come again. I'll see my dad again. I'll see him again. The Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of the archangel, trump of God, the dead in Christ, rise first. Those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up together. That's what y'all sang about. Caught up together in the clouds. Heaven's more sweeter to me now than it's ever been. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, heaven's sweet. Have you got your house in order? Ask your neighbor, have you got your house in order? Say, neighbor, you got your house in order? Say, what do you need to do today to get your house in order? Do you need to get your house in order today? Do you? You can do it right now. You may just want to come to the altar and pray for a, for a family member. Some of us may not be here next year. Gone, but not forgotten. Some may just need to come and get things right with God. Some stuff in your life. You say, oh God, I want to leave a lasting legacy. I want to leave a lasting legacy. Father, thank you for good memories. Thank you, Father, for those you put in our life. And Lord, we're just so, I am, even this day, to take those you place around us for granted. Help us, Lord, right now. Give us grace. We praise you. We'll see you again. Our loved ones, that is, Father. We look forward to that. Comfort every heart, we pray. Bring peace that passes understanding. Your presence your power to sustain us every day, precious memories. And I too, Father, want to leave a lasting legacy. So I want to, I want to thank you and love you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name.